I'd like to give just a quick testimony even before I get into my message tonight that will kind of lead up to my message. I want to talk to you tonight about obtaining your destiny. And I can only preach from my experience. I can only preach by what I've seen and know the best. I can talk about other people, but I know what Paul's been through and by what Paul's done. But over three years ago, and you may have heard me say this, but I, I get up in the morning and, and I walk upstairs and, and I'm in my living room and I walk towards the kitchen and there's a Bible verse that I put on the kitchen wall. And it's Joshua chapter 24 and part B of verse 15. And it says this, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Well, I've heard that that scripture preached my whole life. And, and, and I've... I've, I've seen people put it on their house. It's a pretty generic scripture, a pretty popular scripture that we've seen everywhere. But I had no idea that that scripture that God was putting in my life was going to begin to change everything in my life. Yes, I was already serving the Lord. Yes, I said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I told myself, as for me and you, we're going to serve the Lord. I don't care what everybody else has done, and that's gotten me into some uh, trouble. But, but I had no idea when, when I seen that verse over three years ago in my kitchen that it would alter everything. What do you mean, Brother Paul? Well, Brother Keith, I was looking at that scripture, and the Lord spoke to me standing in my kitchen. And he says, you're going to take that verse and preach it to the youth. I've been preaching for, for a few years now, and we go and do revivals, and, and, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Most of the time, and most of the churches have old people in them. And that's what I've preached many revivals to, was the majority of people older than me. And now I'm standing in my kitchen looking at this Bible verse, and the Lord is speaking to me, and he said, you're going to preach this message to the youth. Joshua chapter 24, starting with verse 14. I'm going to lead up to my testimony. It says, now therefore, and I don't have this, and you don't have to uh, stand. We'll get into the later part here in a minute. But it says this, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Now the Lord's been... He's telling me this. You're going to take this and preach it to the young people. Choose you this day whom you're going to serve, whether it be the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the god of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. This is what the Lord told me to tell him. 
people started calling and said, we want you to come and do a youth service. Never hardly done youth services, ever. But, but they started calling and said, we want you to come and do youth service. And I would, they would be sitting there, and I'd look at them, and I'd say, who are you going to serve? Are you going to serve your family's past? Are you going to serve all that drug addiction that your family's been used to, all the sexual perversion that your family's been used to? But are you going to choose today whom you're going to serve and not live that life anymore? And through the precious anointing, i seen young people begin to turn to God by the by the groves I begin to see little kids whose families was torn all apart they would come running to the altar and I wouldn't even lay my hands on them and they'd get filled with the Holy Ghost God was moving in such a mighty way in the youth more than I'd ever seen it before and even more so than I'd seen it in the older generations in my time that I've been here. I've seen God touching the youth through this scripture and I preached it over and over and over. The moment that God started moving in our ministry and, and when we would go out and and. and do these youth service. The moment that that started happening, the devil came after me with everything he had. I want to talk to you tonight about obtaining your destiny, but I want you to understand you're going to have to fight for it a little bit. I can't even begin to explain in, in, in everything because we haven't got time for that of, of how the devil came after me, came after every aspect of my life to, to destroy everything, to take me out. All because he was torn up. Oh, as he could be because I was taking the message of the gospel to the young people and they was receiving the anointing that only comes from King Jesus and they was turning their lives around and getting fired up and God was doing great things in their life. And at that point, things started falling apart. I'm, I'm just going to tell you like it is tonight. Everybody that was around started leaving. Friends. People talk about you. And I looked and I was confused. I thought, what in the world is going on? Why is everything falling apart? have a great job, that started getting a little rocky. Everything that I once knew and have known started changing and falling to pieces. And, and, and I was doing my best to serve God, but yet it was falling all apart. And I would get in my living room and, and I would fall on my face and cry out to God and say, Lord, what in the world is going on? Many times I wanted to throw up my hands and quit. And I told God, I would point my finger at him in the middle of the night. And I said, Lord, what in the world have you done to my life? This is not what you promised me. This is not what you promised me in the prayer meetings years ago when I was a teenager. And, 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 and people would come to me and say, Brother Paul, the Lord said you're going to do this. And, and the Lord said you're going to do that. And you're going to have this great ministry and such and such. And, and, and then I was looking and, 
it was all falling apart. I began to get angry with God. I began to get angry with a lot of things in my life. Thankfully, I was at Walton Pentecostal Holiness Church. Because let me tell you something, I've never seen a bunch of people pray for somebody in all my life. I told Pastor Lee, I said, I don't even need to be up here. Have you ever heard somebody say, don't grieve the Holy Spirit? Let me tell you something. I had so much going on in my life at that time, it would have probably grieved the Holy Spirit, just me walking in the place with all the junk that I had going on. But I thank God for a Holy Spirit that reached right through the middle of all that mess is still strong enough to speak to me. Oh, let me tell you something. He, he reached right through the mess and spoke to me and said, You are somebody and you are going to do something. October 17th, 2018, this precious woman of God come busting through that door, walking right up that aisle, come walking right down through here. And she sat down. And God sent me a wonderful helpmate. A wonderful helpmate. And I I begin to see, I'm just giving you my testimony. I begin to see God start putting ministry back together. And and y'all stay with me. I'm talking about ministry. I'm talking about what God called me to do. I I begin to see God start putting my ministry back together and and things that was out of shape and out of sorts. I, I, I seen God start putting it back together. And man... Here's the young people again. They start receiving the Lord. I remember telling Alicia, we went and done a youth service back in April last year, and I said, Alicia, watch what God's going to do tonight. What do you mean? I've been in church my whole life. I said, no. I said, watch what God's going to do. And I remember going home that night, she said, man, we didn't even touch them. They'd just come and they'd be shaking like this. Never felt the Holy Spirit in their life and God touching their life. Just by the spoken word of God. And you all know the rest of the story. I get married. Life is wonderful. And then all chaos breaks out again. And I find myself down for over six months, Brother Keith. Trying to get my bearings back together. Frustrated. Hurting, crying, all the above. Wondering what in the world. But I remembered the first trial. Holding on to Jesus. And I grabbed him again the second time, and I said, Lord, you know what I told myself? I said, self, we're going to go through this trial, and we're going to look back whenever it's over, and only God knows, and we're going to look back and say, yeah, I didn't give up on God on that one either.
I remember when I was just a, a, a little kid and I'd go to bed at night. I'd wake up in the middle of the night and, and a demon spirit on multiple occasions would attack me in the middle of the night and hold me down into the bed to where I couldn't move and couldn't even hardly breathe and, and I couldn't even say a word. The reason I'm saying all of this is God had a plan and a purpose for my life and He still has a plan and a purpose for my life and there's people that need to be saved and the devil is tore up and he don't like me. Well, let me tell you something. I don't like him. And we're going to go somewhere. I don't know if you know it, church, but, but we on the brink of revival here at Walton PH Church. And I hope you know how to fight a little bit. I said, I hope you know how to fight a little bit. I'm not talking about with your brothers. We spend too many times fighting with church people when we need to be fighting the devil. God has got us at a place right now where we're about to step over into something that's going to be awesome. And I know people's going to be saved. There's people that's going to be filled with His Spirit. There's going to be people that come to this house that, that hear about what's happening. I've been having people message me this week asking about this Friday night service y'all been having. We done had one on the first day. People saying, I've heard about that service. We've only had one, and I want to come to that. How do, what time does it start? God has got great things for this church. He's got great things for me, and he's got great things for you. And you can mark my words, people's going to come in this door just because they're hearing about what God is doing. And it's not going to be about me or Brother Lee or Brother Keith or anybody. It's going to be about what God is doing. Oh, they're going to be set free and saved and filled up. People's going to get healed, I'm telling you. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Samuel, first book of Samuel, chapter 1. This story has been in my heart all week. And I give you my testimony because I feel like Hannah in this story. And we're going to start with verse 9, but I want to lead up to that. There was a man, and it was Hannah's husband, and his name was Elkanah. And he has two wives. One of them's name is Hannah, and the other one's name is Penina. The problem with these, this whole situation is Penina was able to have babies, and Hannah could not have babies. As Hannah wanted babies, she'd look over at Penina and she was having babies and that caused the problem. Because I want you to understand something about Hannah here before we get into the scriptures. Hannah knew that she was created to have a baby and what she was looking at wasn't happening. The, the circumstances was not in her favor but yet it looked like it was happening all around her besides her. 
And I want to start with verse 9. So Hannah rose up early, and they had eaten in Shiloh, and after they had drunk, now Eli the priest sat on the seat by the post of the temple of the Lord. And Hannah was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaiden and remember me and not forget thine handmaiden, but will give unto thine handmaiden a man-child, then I will give unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart only, her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Anybody ever poured out your soul before the Lord? Count not thine handmaiding for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hereto. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, Let thine handmaiden find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. And they rose up early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Somebody say, and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son, and they called his name Samuel, because I have asked him of the Lord. Amen. You can be seated. Father God, we thank you for the reading of the word. Lord, we ask you to bless this service. God, we ask you, God, to anoint me. God, anoint the ears of everyone to receive your word. And God, what you're saying tonight, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hannah wanted a baby. And she couldn't have a baby. And we see in the first part of, of this chapter that, that she was so upset and, and so torn apart because uh, the other wife could have a baby, but she couldn't. And not only was that bad enough, but the other wife provoked her and made fun of her and called out all her bad faults and different things. How many knows that when you want something from God and when you, you've got a purpose and you know that it's on the inside of you, that there are going to be people that looks like they've got what you're supposed to have and they're going to make fun of you? Anybody ever had that happen? Oh, let me tell you something. There's been times I've went to sing and... and and I'll get up and, and, and strum the chord and start singing, and it it sound like a calf dying in a hailstorm. And then somebody else get up to sing, and, and it seems like they don't have no problems at all. And it don't matter how much you practice, and, and, and it still just happens. But have you ever had that in your life, something that you want so bad, and you turn around and look, and somebody else is walking in what you're supposed to be walking into? Hannah wanted babies. She wanted children. 
but she tried and tried and tried and couldn't have any. But the other wife was having babies and began to mock her. And the Bible says that it caused her to fret and worry. The doctor says that, oh, Hannah, you can't have babies. I don't care how many times you come, you're not going to have anything. And the other wife says, oh, I'm the best one. How many times have you ever got up to do anything from God and the devil point out to you, oh, let somebody else do it because they, they do it better? Or how many times has somebody, uh, you, you started to do something for the Lord and, and get up and sing and preach and somebody begin to tear you down? There's been so many times that, that we, we give up at this point on God because somebody said something. Listen, I'm preaching to myself tonight, so. Well, I'm, I can't do that because such and such said that I'm not good enough. The Bible says here that the Lord had shut up Hannah's womb. The Bible says that the Lord had shut up Hannah's womb. Sometimes God shuts the avenue to our blessing because he wants to create a testimony that's out of this world. God allowed circumstances that look bad to set Hannah up for a great testimony. The Bible says in verse 5, But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. See, her husband loved her more than he loved the other wife. The Bible says that he gave her more portions. He favored her more. He talked to her more. He, on Valentine's Day, he brought her more flowers. But Hannah couldn't fulfill what she wanted to fulfill. She knew her purpose was not happening. And as I was thinking about this message all week, I begin to think about my precious wife here. The Lord has given me a gift to speak things into her life like no other. And I'm talking about we have a connection with each other that is just out of this world, and I thank God for that. And, and this is where I want to preach at tonight. Is that okay? God has given me a gift that I can look at her and tell her she's pretty. And it means more coming from me than it does anybody else. So if you're a husband in here, I want you to get your pen and paper out and take notes. As a husband, God has anointed you and given you a calling to speak into your wife not to condemn her, not to put her down, not to point out her faults, not to fuss at her when she messes up all the time. But God give you a gift to speak into her life. And when we've been going through all this stuff, the Lord dealt with me and he said, you speak into her. And I don't care how bad it got, and I don't care how bad it, and I'm going to get to the text here in a minute, but I don't care how rough it looked, but I'd look at her and say, 
you look beautiful and you're going to be okay. And she just grinned and smiled. And, and she would do stuff for me that, that she wouldn't do for anybody else. Because God gave me a gift. He put us together. He, he made us one flesh. And, and I, can, I can speak things into her that through God that nobody else can. And the things I say hold more weight than a lot of other people. And just a footnote, when we got together, the Lord told me, he said, you love that girl and take care of her. I said, I will. And it's easy for me to do. But the problem with all of that is, is her destiny is not dependent on me. Are you with me now? Her, her calling and her purpose is not dependent on me. If I was to just lose it and walk away from God, she can still do what God's called her to do if she wants to. And I noticed that she was struggling one night and I would try to speak to her and try to encourage her. And it didn't matter what I did. I couldn't get that plane off the runway that time. Are y'all with me? No matter how many times I told her she was pretty, she just, she just wasn't coming out of it. And this is the way Elkanah was when he was talking to Hannah. He's like, Hannah, he said, am I not good to you? Am I not better to you than ten sons? Listen, I give you all the flowers. I, I, I kiss you the most. I take you out on more dates. And Why are you grieved? Why are you crying so much? Listen, sometimes people cannot take you to where God wants to take you. We, we so oftentimes look around at somebody else that I've got to get with that person to accomplish what God's wanting me to do. If I could get on that platform, I could do what God wants me to do. Or if I could be married to this person, I could, I could have this. Or if I had this relationship, I could have this. Let me tell you something. There are times that people can't take you to where God's going to take you and where God wants you to go. All, there, there are people that, that God will use to get you places, that God will bless them and to bless you. And, and, and I've had people give into our ministry financially for us to be able to do what we need to do. But, but if they wasn't there, God would still make it happen. God will still use people. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But I'm talking about there are times in your life when you have to go through some things and, and people aren't going to be able to get you out of where you need to be. There, there are going to be people that will come to you and they'll say, oh, you're going to make it. But then you look at your circumstances and say, I don't see how I'm going to make it. I can't see past this, this cloud. I can't see past all this junk that's going on. And no matter what they say, it holds no weight. There are some times in life that your circumstances are so bad that no matter what anybody says, it holds no weight. You need a, you need a voice that comes only from heaven. Have you ever walked through the fire enough that, that people said things to you and you just, you just can't get through it? But if you hang on, you wait for the master to say, 
peace be still. I've had so many people tell me over the years that you're not good enough. I remember when I first started uh, playing music, they'd say, oh, get off the stage, it's horrible. Just tear me down a new one. I've had people say, oh, you, you're not good enough to preach, you're not good enough to this. But that's okay. Because I heard the voice of the Lord say, you can do it. Elkanah tried his best to get Hannah encouraged, but he could not do it. And Hannah was in bitterness of soul. She said, I want a baby. So they would go to Shiloh once a year and, and make sacrifice and, and worship the Lord. And, and she would go up there and, and she finds herself praying. And she finds herself seeking the Lord. And asking for a man child. And she made a vow to God. She said, Lord, if you give me a baby, I'll turn around and give the baby back to you. And no razor shall come to his head. God, if you'll give me what I want, I'm going to in return turn around and give it to you. And I've always said this, that if you give God everything you got, he's going to turn around and give you everything he's got. Now, Hannah would go, and she would pray, and she would tell God all these things, and she was still getting provoked by the other wives, saying, oh, you're not good enough. You're not going to be, you're not as pretty, and, and all these things. And it's even worse for women when they go through this thing. Women struggle. I, I work in an environment where there's a lot of females, and, and there's more drama with women than there are with men. Y'all don't... Y'all don't preach me down. Women, women look at every detail and everything, and men, we're just like, whatever, we just go on, don't worry about it. But women take everything seriously, and they analyze everything and, and, and just compute it a lot different than the way men do. <laughs> preach it, Brother Paul, preach it. And, we're going to have to pray for Basil. <laughs> she wanted this baby more than anything, and, and, these, and she's being tore down. And I can imagine that she's having a hard time. Us men, we'd say, oh, it's okay. God is going to do it. But Hannah's taken this personally. Hannah's taken this to a whole nother level. The Bible says that she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. I don't know if you've ever been in a place to where you've had to be in bitterness of soul to the point that your heart hurts so bad because you're not where you're supposed to be. And I'm not talking about where you're supposed to be in life, but I'm talking about where you're supposed to be with the Lord. And you look around and it seems like everybody else is doing good, but you're not. And you get down and you pray and you seek God and it seems like nothing is happening. And this is the way Hannah was. She prayed and prayed and prayed and nothing changed. There's still no baby. And still everybody else having babies. 
but one day she was praying. And Eli the priest, standing in representation as the intercessor between God and man at that time. And he sees her praying, and he thinks that she's drunk. And he questions her about it, and she says, no, I'm not drunk. But I'm praying that God would give me a baby. And he speaks to her, and he says, go in peace, and may the Lord grant you thy petition. And she goes, and she has a baby. She finally gets to the place where she can fulfill her destiny. She has a baby. And we all know that Samuel grows up and she takes the baby back to the house of the Lord, just like she said she would. And she gives the baby back. And he grows and does great things. But before she got to that point, she had to fight. She had to fight spiritually. She had to fight in the Lord, let me tell you something. If there's one thing that I can get to you tonight, if you don't learn how to hang on to God and let Him fight your battles for you, you'll never get anywhere. I said, you'll never get anywhere. But she keeps kept seeking the Lord. She kept being faithful to the Lord. And God moved for Hannah in a great way. And at the point when, when we get to the place in our life where God's getting ready to move for us, that's when we fight the hardest. In your darkest hour, when it looks like God ain't going to move, it looks like all is about to fall, that's when God moves. Church, listen to me. I don't care how bad it gets or how awful it looks or what people said about you or the junk that's come against your life. You hang on to King Jesus, and I guarantee you he's going to move for you. He's going to begin to move mountains out of your life. He's going to begin to speak things into your life. But so many times we give up on God so easily and we just throw into the side because it gets too difficult. Let me tell you something. You've got to wait out the time and say, Lord, I know you're going to move for me at some point and at some given time. Listen, just a few months ago I was ready to throw in the towel and give up. It looked like that everything that I'd hoped and believed for was over. And, it, and, and church people are the worst people in the world because they'll tear you down in a New York minute. And when you get the steam under you, the devil just comes by and just... <laughs> you get back up and the devil comes by and just... <laughs> and you get back up and the devil comes by with something else. <laughs> the other day I was sitting at my desk and got a phone call and... <laughs> Last night I was going down the interstate driving 75 men a list and all of a sudden this big old 18-wheeler tire lands right there in the middle of the interstate and I hit it. My truck jumps up and I'm trying my best to keep it in the road and, and it flies up and hits the guy that was following me. It hits his truck and I get everything straight and I said, Devil, 
let me serve you notice you're not taking us out. The Bible says that greater is he, who's that Jesus that lives on the inside of me than he that's in the world. I refuse to be taken out of this world and you're not going to take what God has called me to do. You get up and somebody says, well, you could have done this better. You could have done that better. This and that. Let me tell you something. God has a purpose for my life and he has a purpose for your life. Oh, and and if you just hang on, let me tell you something. If you just hang on, King Jesus is going to show up. Remember the story about Lazarus? They thought he's late, but he wasn't late. Oh, God can speak things into your life in your darkest hour, and you'll look back and say, I don't know how God did it, but he done it. I had a lady come in my office. She used to work for me. And she came in my office the other day and she sat down and she's facing all kinds of health issues. And, and the doctors told her that, you know, this time next year you may not be here. And, and, and she had to quit her job and things is looking bad. And, and God laid on my heart to do something for her. And, and I called her and, and told her to come by. And, and she came by and I did what God told me to do. And I looked at her and I said this. I said, sis, don't you let them put you in the grave. Don't you give up and let them put you in the grave. Because I believe, I said, God's done so much for me. And I said, he can do it for you. And she sat there and she cried. I said, don't you give up on God. I said, I believe next year you're going to come back and, and be working for me again. She said, you think God can do that? I said, I know he can. I said, I know God can. I've seen him do it in my life. And I know God can. She called me just the other day, and she said, I'm going to the doctor, and I'm praying for a good report. I said, I am too. I'm not just praying, but I'm knowing that he's going to do something. I'm knowing that he's going to do it. We find in Revelations chapter 19, the woman giving birth. And as she's travailing in birth, the dragon shows up and, and positions himself right in front of her. And he's going to take that child that she has. And if you take notice as to where he puts himself is right in front of her at her weakest moment when she's trying the hardest and everything looks rough. At the, when you're about to give birth to what God has called you to do, it's going to be bad, it's going to be painful, but just keep going because God will move for you and you can find in that story at that time. When she gives birth, God moved in and took her to a place prepared by God. A place prepared by God. And I keep telling myself this. I don't know where God's taken me personally. But I know that he's fought on every, every aspect. And I, I even hate to even admit this, but I am going to admit it. Just a few months ago, well, probably about two months ago, I just threw up my hands. And I said, What's, what is the use? 
And the more that I, I would just say, well, I'm just going to lay low. God would deal with me in the night. God would begin to speak to me, and he would put things in my heart. And he'd say, keep going. Keep going. There's a purpose. There's been times that I've laid at night, and I'd see people. God would show me visions of people that would get saved. They're coming. They're coming. I'm going to ask Brother Keith to come and, and play. I'm not going to be long-winded tonight. We have a purpose. You have a purpose. My precious wife sitting there has a purpose. And we'll fulfill that purpose. Last night I went to bed and I was upset. Because I was not happy with where I'm at. Because what God has put on the inside of me. And what he showed me and what he's promised me. I'm not seeing it right now. And to be quite honest, sometimes I see quite the contrary. Last night I was frustrated, not with the Lord, but I was just frustrated. And I told Alicia, I'd lay there and talk to her, and I said, Alicia, I don't know how, but God's going to make it right. I said, I don't know how. I looked at her. Circumstances look a lot different. And I said, Alicia, I don't know how, but God's going to make it right. I can say that I serve a mighty, mighty big God. I serve a God that, that will fight your battles for you if you just rely on Him. And I thought all throughout the day, even as I was thinking about this, this story, one day baby time is coming I said one day baby time is coming and every day I keep speaking to myself and I keep speaking to my situation this is going to turn around only by God are you listening church only by God is it going to change 
I can do it in my own power and nothing will ever happen. But when, when God shows up on the scene, the Bible says that God remembered Hannah. And I keep saying, Lord, remember me. I told him today, I said, God, don't, don't forget about me. God, don't forget about Elisha. Remember us, God. I'm just speaking my heart right now. I know this is different. Go ahead. But I had so many people that immediately flooded to me and began to say, you need to do it this way or you need to do it that way. To the point I was overwhelmed. And, and Pastor Lee, I began to get bitter and angry. And I, I, I shut down and, I mean, just, just got to myself. Because while I was in the hospital, people kept telling me, Oh, God's got great things for you. you it's going to be wonderful. And, but I'd get up and it would just get knocked back down. I'd get up and something else would come on. And I'd get knocked down. And I'd get up and I'd get knocked down. Yeah. And people started doing different things and, and I started getting bitter in myself to the point I stopped preaching there for a while I told Pastor Lee I need to take a break the reason because I wasn't in the right spirit I knew I wasn't and I was hurting in myself Praying, weeping out to God. God, I need you to change this situation. I need you to do something different than what I'm seeing. Yeah, I've seen God do great things throughout this whole thing. But I'm still on the battlefield. I'm still fighting. Yeah, you could probably do it better yourself. I, I'll give you the... But you don't know where I'm at. As I looked at Lisha last night, I said, I don't know how or when, but God's going to make it right. Yeah. I said, God's going to show up, and he's going to fix it. Just like he did last night. He could have wiped us out right then, but his grace was sufficient. Yeah. Baby time's coming. I want you to stand tonight. If you're in here tonight, and there's one thing that I found out, what you're going through and what I'm going through may be two totally different things, but what you're going through may be the hardest trial you've ever went through in your life, and I don't take that lightly. It don't mean that it's any worse or any better than what I... I'm going through or somebody else is going through. 
But it's important to you and it's important to God. I'll guarantee you that. The devil will tell you God don't care about what you're praying to him about. You might as well just give up. I'll guarantee you it's important to God. As the Bible says, and God remembered Hannah, he'll remember you. He'll remember you.